You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 204, sponsored by InStock Trades and iFanboy members like you. to the ifanboy.com pick of the week podcast episode 204 my name is connor kelpatrick i'm here with josh flanagan hello and sitting in for a globe trotting vacationing ron richards is one of our writers mike romo why hello everybody hello mike how are Say you good morning you're a bit of a globe trotter yourself i'm uh i coastal coastal trotter um <laughs> that sounds like a disease i don't want it does i, I had a bad trots. case of yeah my coastal trotter just aches so i'm Ooh. going in on monday it's either a disease or a horse. At iFanboy.com, we like comics. We read comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best one, writes about it on the website. We talk about it in this here podcast along with various other topics of comic book interest. And before we get to the show, we'd like to remind you with a quick reminder warning that this is a review show. So we talk about the books of the week. We talk about the plots, the spoilers, all kinds of things that happen. So if you haven't read your books yet, pause the show. Come back. You'll be, more, you'll be happier for it. You'll be, less, you'll be more serene. There'll be less stress, stress in your life and in ours as well. Josh, yep. you had the sorry job yeah. of making this pick of the week. Rough, rough pick here. It, I didn't have a lot to, to choose from. No. I think I read like seven books this week, and it used to that used to get me by. But this time, it was just way too much pressure. I was like, oh. There was nothing thought, there. And there wasn't I a lot to deal with either. No. I mean, there, was, there was some good stuff, but on the whole, it was very lackluster. Yeah, These I mean, are, like, you could read a good book and just be like, oh, it's pretty good. But it, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't pick good, you know? There was a lot of pretty good books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They all moved the story along. They this did. is sort of a, a filler. This is like, okay, we're still here. We, we're still publishing comics. How, however, none of this is to take away from G.I. No. Joe Cobra Special Number 1, um, which was – there was a four-issue miniseries of G.I. Joe Cobra. Safe to say one of, if not the best miniseries of the past year. Two of the four were picks of the week. And then this one, so three out of the five total issues. Uh, previously, uh, Christos Gage was a co-writer along with Mike Costa. This time it was Mike Costa all on his own with uh, Antonio Fuso uh, on art, meaning he did everything on it, I believe. Yes. Um, this was a great issue the first time I read it, and then upon further inspection, going back and looking at it, I realized like this was an amazing issue. This is, this is like one of the best issues of the year. Uh, well, it's funny because I I changed my rating on this book three times. Mm-hmm. First time I read it, I gave it a five star on iFanboy, and I because I, I really I really it was mostly for the construction of the uh, right for right. The, the which we'll get to. Then this, I, then I then I thought about it. And I thought, well, the story was kind of thin, so I went back and changed it to a four. Mm-hmm. And then I read it again. And I went, no, no, it's a five. <laughs> like, it really, yeah, it, that's very much what it was like. Uh, and after I was like, that was pretty good. And then I started going back through. I started noticing. The symmetry, because I don't tend to notice that stuff as I'm reading it, because I'm just sort of into what's going on. And then right, I you're saw immersed it. in the story. Yeah, and then I saw what was happening. I saw that it was actually a complete mirror bookend of itself, and I thought that is badass. So here's what we're looking at: um, at the end of the GI Joe Cobra uh, story uh, miniseries, this is this is tough because I know people were waiting for it in trade. But here's I'm gonna tell you what happened, so be warned. Uh, at the end of it, you're 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 you learn that the 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 contact for Chuckles the whole time, who we didn't really know who he was, he was a mysterious Mr. X or something like that, uh, was actually Zaymot of the Cobra Twins, Tamat, Zaymot Tomax. Tomax. Yeah. Um, now, 
I don't know how you felt about these characters when you were a kid, but I never really liked them because I thought they were silly. Yeah, I cracked up at your review because they were kind of creepy. They were creepy. They were like a feat, and you always thought, are they a little too close? Is that what's going on with these brothers? And they finished each other's sentences, and they didn't do anything. Like, they were like acrobats. I wanted, like, you know, specialized weapons and things like that. (laughs) In my Cobra villains, that's what I wanted. They were like industrialists. When I was a kid, this this is stupid. This is boring, But they sold the hell out of it in G.I. Joe Cobra. And for this one, it goes in, and it, it, like, the first half of it is Tomax talking about how they they're they're like like it starts and there's a shot of them getting ready at opposite mirrors right um the two brothers are are sort of dressing themselves uh and and it goes through tomax tomax's story of their up and coming uh, you know and and what they went through and they were in the foreign legion with silly hats and and then at a certain point it's it switches in the middle and, and it's zamot telling his story and as he does it what he's doing is he's describing how he's different um, than than his brother, uh, just sort of slowly. And the reveal at the end is that the stuff that happened at the end of G.I. Joe Cobra changed him, and he starts shaving his hair off so that he looks different than his brother. And it's this really neat way to take those characters. And since most people who are reading this probably has an understanding of who they are, they can go from there. They don't have to establish them. So they can just go ahead and start exploring the characters right away. Um and it was just done so elegantly. And the more that I looked at it, the more that I flipped through it, and when I was writing the review, the more impressed I was. And, and uh, it was really, it was really a feat of, of comic book skill and comic book making. It was, it was, uh, it was. It, you know, and the more I looked at it, the better it got. So it, it was pretty easy to, to choose as a pick this week for me. I think most of the people who read it would have been uh, along the same lines, or at least understood. You know, it's, it's a damn fine. Just from a construction standpoint alone, even the, though the story was good, just from the idea that this was a mirror image book and it changed in the middle and it swaps characters, and you really had to pay attention to even realize that that's what was happening was was yeah. better than anything else that was out this week. It was um, fantastic for a reread. I mean, really, yeah. really lent itself to to looking through it again. This demanded a reread because sort of at the end you sort of realize that the framing, you know, the narrative has changed colors, has switched positions. And you're like, wait, something happened and it was so subtle. Like when I first read it, I'm like, ah, it's a nice narrative. But then as you realize what the artist actually did, what the writer was doing, you go, well, wait, I need to sort of see this all over again. Because this is so different than any other book this week. I would argue it's different than most of the books I've read this year. Sure. That it's sort of like, okay, well, because I'm coming into this cold. I mean, I, I remember these guys mm-hmm. from the cartoon, but I haven't been reading the book. So this so is the th- first issue ever that you read? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, when, I think one of the other shows we did a G.I. Joe book. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but this was like, this totally surprised me. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to see where they go. Give me some context here. Are, they, are these guys going to be now major characters, or is this just like a, a window into these two specific guys? We'll get to them later. We don't have too much to go on. There was basically there's, there's the three G.I. Joe series going on. One of them's Origins, so that's happening in the past, and the other one is G.I. Joe. Although it's sort Joe. of caught up to the book. Yeah. The then there's just the regular G.I. Joe series, and, and these don't seem to have much to do with one another. Um, but I, I, I want to see, see the results – I mean, of this transition. G.I. Uh, Joe Cobra 2, the second one I know is being worked on right now. So okay. there's going to be another miniseries after this. Um, but, Mike, you should pick up the trade for of this when this yeah, comes out. I'm it, thinking um, this is the, People on the site ask, can I read this? I don't really know anything about G.I. Joe. And I think right. absolutely you can read this miniseries because it is – we talked about it in the last two times yeah. they were picked. It's very un-G.I. Joe-like, which is not – you know, it's not a selling point for me. 
that, not that it's bad to be G.I. Joe-like, but it, you don't have to know anything about G.I. Joe to know about this, to enjoy this series. Or you yeah. don't just, have to think that you have to like G.I. Joe. Yeah, right. Just it's good comics. It's that's enough. That's the sentence. There's no qualifications. Exactly. Or just yeah. espionage. It's a good espionage comic. Yeah, I, I think what happens is you see the logo and you're like, oh, it's another property. And you guys talked about this in the show before, but this is much more meditative than I would have expected from any of these books. And let, can we just talk a little bit about the art? Um, who is this guy? <laughs> like, this guy is awesome. When I was when I was Antonio Fuso, when I was writing about this, I was trying to figure out what it was that I liked about it because he's not. He's not Jim Lee. He's not. He's not Dale Eaglesham. He's not. Gonna, he's not blowing you away with with you know two page spreads and perspective shots and things like that. But what I realized that he did was he captured a tone. Yeah. It's, he's he's very gritty. We say that Perfectly. a lot. But he, his well, it's the palette too, the colors too. Yeah. His his artist texture has like this dirty texture to it, which is perfect for what the story is. And you can feel just sort of where the the pacing and the and the mood for the story is all in this, and it's very murky and it's very in that not in a bad way uh and it's it's just subdued in that in that like tense way um and it's really it's really completely perfect and appropriate and again not anything like you would expect in a book that has that logo on the cover and it's and it's also the kind of story that could only be done in comics you couldn't do this in a narrative book like a prose book excellent point you couldn't do this in a, t- a cartoon. You can do it in a movie. This is only something that could be done in this form. So I think it's kind of – it's this 24-hour comic day. So I think this is like one of those things that this is one of the reasons why comics are so special. Was I the only person hoping they'd show up in their outfits at the end? Yes. yes. I kind of was. <laughs> yeah, you totally were. <laughs> Showing up in their GSU outfits, buying all the real estate in Manhattan because that's what those fucking – people do well one of the i mean one of the other things i really liked about it was i i liked the bit where they sort of talked about you know where they where they went from being militant and and violent to figuring out what their actual goals were and like sort of getting into the mind of the of the dictator or the you know the terrorist or whatever it is the guy who does bad the terrorist who becomes you know the big the big time yeah. terrorist not just the foot soldier but the guy who becomes in charge and has lots of money and then when right. your goals change well, I like the idea of like now we live in an age – this is a quote. We live in an age where resolutions are more profitable than conflicts. It's, right. it's, uh, it's such a reversal. Instead of trying to take over the world, they figure out ways to like improve infrastructure and they make money from all the, the stuff that mm-hmm. – with that, with that kind of business. I, I actually really liked the, the exploration that the, – like the words that were in it and the way – you mm-hmm. know, there, there was an exploration of the idea of slavery versus freedom. Right. And and how that affects things and how they're dealing with that. And I was quite poetic and really well written. It was just it was well crafted in all sorts of different ways. So uh yeah, no 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 doubts on this one. This was easily this is this would have been a pick of the week on, on a really strong week too. Yeah, no, it was a great book. Amongst a book a week full of a bunch of very good but not great books, this was mm-hmm. a great book. No matter what. Now yeah. did did you folks read uh <laughs> Die Hard Year One number one? I did. Um, uh, I, I read it. And <laughs> I loved I, it. I liked it a lot. I I, uh, I I was really surprised that this when I read it, I'm like, this is not about the Die Hard guy. <laughs> and then uh, it is about the Die Hard guy, John McClane. McClane. It, it's funny to see oh young John McClane. Like it's just funny the characterization how they drew his face. It does look just like him from uh, Moonlighting. So <laughs> it was, uh, there's lots I, of reference. Yeah, I actually really liked it. I uh, the the art. Um, reminded me of that sort of computer-generated stuff that they we, we've seen it before in 1984 or the 85 or 86, whatever the year was. Um, whatever you know what I mean. You mean it's Marvel like, 1985? 
got one. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know what he was just, talking about. You're just listing years. It's like this. Just like tell me when to stop. In 87, 88. 82, 83. Am I getting closer? <laughs> um, anybody want to frame this book? Uh, did anybody know that this book was coming? No, I didn't know it until, until we had it on our pull list, and I didn't know. I got a couple of pages into it, and I thought, well, Connor's happy somewhere right now. I know that much. Why don't you tell him what it is? This is this is the first this is Die Hard Year One, so it's John McClane's first year as a cop in New York City in nineteen seventy six in the job. And, and um he's the of course this the title character from the Die Hard movie series, which I which I love. And my favorite thing about this book was actually well Howard Shaken was the writer and yeah. he's from Newark, New Jersey, and he was born in the fifties and in the seventies he was in his you know, he was in his 20s and working in Marvel Comics. So he Damn was prob- fine choice. That's probably fine living choice. A, either living in New York or spending lots of time there. And he really did a good job of capturing the feel of the se- New York City in the late 70s when it was an urban hellhole that people yeah. think it, it still is, which it isn't. But it was a it was a dangerous, dirty place you didn't want to be unless you, you know, you had to. And they did a really good job of capturing that. I felt that like it did, the art also captured the that oppressive heat in July, like just yeah. the how how beat down you feel during those days. There's yeah. that great full page spread of what everybody's in their you know their 1976 regalia, and people are just dirty, yeah. and just hot. Yeah, it's, everyone's uh, miserable. There was no nothing no nothing good about that time period. And they did a really good job of capturing that. And he's, it's a very sort of hard boiled book. Yeah. And and Shaken's great for that because it's it's it fits the time period very well. What's great also too is that Willis's character is not. I mean, you you get him, but there's all this other stuff going on. It really is a yeah. really nice first issue where you see some key characters. We get elements of a struggle, elements of the what 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 we're going to see. But then then that's it. So it's just just enough to keep you going. I had to go back through it and figure out where it was that that McLean was because I sort of lost track of who was who. Mm-hmm. Not, not. I mean, I was easy. I was easily able to tell when I went back, but I was ending up paying more attention to that other story, like the the two the cop who hit his two grave cops. and yeah, those. Yeah. Guys. So like, then I was like, well, wait, what did McLean do in this? And I went back and I saw that you know he'd gotten the mugger and he he'd done that whole thing. I think that I considered this for the pick of the week for just a little bit, but I decided in the end, like I just had wanted a little more story. Like it was yeah. just it was a very it was a cold open basically. Cla- yeah. A classic first episode where you're just like, okay, I don't really know, but I'm I like it enough. But I do have a question. Mm-hmm. In 1976, did they really have phones like that, like that car phone? I don't think they did. I'm just on the record here. He's holding up that huge ass uh, car phone, and I'm, I don't remember those, and I was alive at that point. Connor and I wouldn't know because we were not alive. Yeah, I don't want to hear it. Uh, continuity issues <laughs> aside. Uh, I, I think they probably did. I wouldn't imagine They that. were really expensive, though. Yeah, he was a super rich guy. I mean, did you see his, his, where he was living? Yeah, he had a really His nice view of the park. Too. So yeah. he yeah. probably I mean, that I was mean, a great scene, by the way. That set up their relationship in two panels, basically. You yeah. know, I don't believe in divorce, and if you do, you know, you'll be found raped, dead, and mutilated. But I love you. I'll try to make you happy. I like this the sad sack criminal who who's like lives out on Long Island and then has to yeah. con everybody. That was that was my favorite. It was just such a. It was like a. It was like a seventies cop movie. And yeah, it was very it atmospheric. And then, very and atmospheric. That's perfect. And great covers. Three covers, one by John Paul Leone, one from Jock, and one from Dave Johnson. The Jock one was sick. I really yeah, I love Jock. That was one of, the, one of the best covers of the week of my fanboy. But I think it's notable that the first thing we leap to is really the different characters. And I think in the amount of time that they had to make this story happen, I think that we're already remembering three sets of characters so clearly uh, bodes well for the rest of the book. He was fairly efficient in that way. 
Yeah, it's. A, I was surprised. I really was surprised how, how good this was. You know, we, we're seeing a, a resurgence of of good licensed properties. Yep. Uh, and it's it's fun because it used to be very easy. You know, five five six years ago, you just see a licensed property and be like, no, thank you. Right. You know, and and now that's not such a gimme. I, I just got. I wonder about the timing of this book, though. It seems to come way out of left field. I mean, is there a new Die Hard movie coming out? I mean, am I just being cynical? There hasn't been I one have... since the since the Sam Jackson one. Right. Since the one about the bomber. Yeah. Right. I, I think this would be awesome, sort of like a Die Hard prequel. Like if you could have McLean. <laughs> you, know, you know how creepy that would be? You'd have to. Well, yeah. you would, yeah. <laughs> if you saw the circuits, you'd know they could do it. It would just look really creepy. I just, yeah, I heard it looks really uncomfortable. But, yeah. uh, but it's such a, I mean. We don't have a lot of shows. I know this is another topic for another show, but we don't have a lot of like gritty '70s shows, really. I mean, I yeah. guess they had that that time traveling show, uh, from Life on Mars, which yeah, back in I actually like that movie. No, show. I liked it as well, but it was just it didn't do well. So yeah, um, good, Marvel good. Okay. Marvel Divas number three is came out, and I actually really like this miniseries. This was really surprising mini because it's not at all what you'd expect it to be based on the no. title and the. And the, you know, just from the, what you you see, four female characters on the cover, and originally had a J. Scott Campbell cover, and it's really actually a very, um, it's not at all cheesecakey, and the art is very is very cool, and it's it's actually been a very sort of somber mini. The whole idea is that fire uh, these three best friends, Black Cat, Firestorm, Hellcat, and the the old Captain Marvel character, um, are for best friends in New York City, and Firestorm has cancer. Yeah, it's it's heavy. I was trying to figure out who this book was for. Like when I first thought of it, oh, it's trying to get girls to read comics or whatever. But then I realized it, it's just for people who have a history with these characters. I This one really touched me. I, my friend actually had cancer and went through all this, and she's fine now. But this really, uh, toward the middle of it, when she's getting chemo and having to deal with the wigs, I was like, wow, this book is – this is pretty serious. This yeah, I, I, I've, I've had similar experiences with, with people who I know have, with cancer, and it was a really sort of a emotionally wrenching issue. Yeah. It was and kind I, of I, tough to read. Yeah. I remember really liking – when I realized, you know, Spider-Man, The Amazing Friends, I was like, wow, yep. this is kind of heavy. I really liked Firestorm. <laughs> she's, Firestorm this girl's yeah. got – yeah, she's got this, this cancer thing, and just her sort of doing this transition and her friends trying to be supportive but not really knowing how um, – I don't think I've ever seen this really sort of examined in this way, and the art is uh, really gorgeous. I think Tonsi Zonjik or Zonik, um, never heard of him, but he's a great artist, or her, whoever, whatever. Whoever Either this way, Croatian, so who knows? <laughs> Either way, yeah. Either way, that person could kick, could kick my ass. Right. Um, <laughs> it's it's been it was one of the most. I picked it up on a whim. I remember the first issue, just yeah. sort of, uh, and just to see what it was, and. This is one of the more surprising issues, and it's it's been a really it's it's just not it's not about in the first issue people thought it was about like it was Sex in the City, and but it wasn't. Yeah, it was exactly. set up for this this big fall, which you took in the second issue, which was Felicia has cancer and not Felicia. Um, what's her name? Is it Angelica? Is it Fire Angelica has cancer? Angel- yeah, Angelica. Black cat. I was looking at her. Um, Angelica has cancer, and, and then fallout from that, and from her powers, and then trying to you know trying to heal her, and at the end of this issue. Um, Hellcat's presented with a deal, basically a deal with the devil, which yeah. is, I know it's touchy in Marvel, but she can save uh, she can save Angelica if she if she agrees to do something. And it, well, it's, Hel- it's, Hellcat, there's at least a reason for that, right? Well, and it's, it, well it's, also it's, it's her ex boy, it's her ex boyfriend, so it's right. not like it's, yeah. Um, but the idea is like you know, let's if you spend one night 
together. Let's just spend one night together and she'll be healed. But in hell, one night lasts forever. So it's a nice way to end. It's a great hook for the third book of four. And uh, there's some really it's it's, if you like I mean, it's it's not at all cheesecake. It's not at all exploitative. It's not at all annoying. You know, it's 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 actually really it's a really strong um, emotional issue. And it's been a really strong emotional miniseries. It's a good inverse to the Gotham City Sirens, which also came out this week, which is much more what you would expect. You know, three girls, you know, they're doing their own adventures and stuff. And this has really been completely the opposite. Sisters are doing it on their own. They are doing it completely on their own. I see. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, so one of my favorite games to play is really? Let's Upset Green Lantern fans. Ooh. I don't know if you guys have ding, noticed, ding, ding, ding. but I'm, I'm doing it on purpose, um, specifically kidding. to upset whoever it is that is upset. Yeah. <sighs> no, that's Throw- not true. Green Lantern number 46 was out this week. Uh, it was another issue. I mean, the, the things with these issues, is they're all solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's nothing are. bad about them. It's just that they're not. They're. I don't think they're great. They're very good. You know. I yeah, think they're, they're all four a, Starbucks. It's just such a like a chowder of stuff going on. I'm having a hard time remembering which book I had read last. You know, I always have to warm up a few days, a few pages in. And, yeah, that's and when I, 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 and I feel like is that Alzheimer's or is that just is that is that the blackest night? My memory. I do feel uh, like a lot of people are are reacting to moments a lot stronger than I am. Uh, like, like in this one, I see a lot of reaction to um, the 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 two bodies in the in the lantern. That was in this one, right? Or am I guess? Yeah, yeah. That's Fox, that's what yeah. they thought out, right? Right. But the thing was, like, they just got killed a couple of issues ago, so it's not right. like right. Not There's even, not a lot of. There's no, been a lot ahead. of time to process or like feel like the loss, so that the return isn't that big of a deal. I thought that the strongest thing about this issue um, was uh, Sinestro's. Uh, sort of a ascension at the end, but I have a hard time with it thematically. I think it's good to see Sinestro take over his core and get rid of Mongol, and I was happy about that. Um, but on the other hand, like I don't know, I don't know. Like I, I feel like the, having Sinestro work with Hal has got to be a a little more difficult than it has been. I, f- I feel like they're like we like. And and they they haven't really told the story, but they have to. But I feel like there's more. There should be more hatred between them, or more, you know, animosity. Um, that yeah. I feel like we've got to move through the story so fast that we've kind of got to get around that. Hal's very much accepting everything that's going on around him, as a matter of course. Carol, he's you're on- back in the thing. Sinestro, yeah. you're here. You know, like. Um, well, he's he's not even. He's barely in this book. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just sort of in a, he sort of tags along. With Sinestro and everybody else, I just get ex- I, I get confused who Aman is, and then I remember obviously I know Abin. It's just a lot of names that sound sort of similar, and like, and I kind of forgot about the mongrel thing, and I was just sort of confused. The art was great as it, usual. There's just a lot going on, and so it's hard to pick out a thing to be like this was great because it's such it's just, and almost like the Sinestro Core War. It's right. such a sensory overload. Yeah, the whole time. I, I just felt this was a little bit of a red herring. I mean, it's like you have this whole bottle between Mongol and Sinestro. And it's like, yeah, yeah. So what? I, I, I mean, okay. I guess that's important that we see this transition. But I never really thought of them as the Mongol core. Well, have you I, been reading Green Lantern Corps? Because that's where. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's just like, I, I don't know. Well, I just, no, I mean, like, the thing is, it's 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 interesting because it's a heroic win, except he's not a hero. So you you're left with mixed feelings on how to feel about it. Yeah, like he's a bad, bad guy. So he won. What does this mean for us? Well, we're still we're still ankle deep in shit. 
Right. You know, so you, you haven't gone anywhere from that. You just got that other story out of the way, I guess. I think, some, I, some, I think we're still in setup mode, which just, is yeah, I feel like it too. which is it's been a while. It's we're we're still in the opening scenes of this story, which is there's still the dead, the dead are still rising and they're still dealing with threat. They don't right. really know what's going on. They've, they've turned they're, the corner of of how to deal with them in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, there is there is actually a, we can see how to beat them. But uh there were some really good scenes. I mean, I love the scene of all the dead lanterns coming out of that one mushy guy, Slush. <laughs> that was great. I, I I'm like, think, is that really happening? That's awesome. I think one of the things about the the Black Lantern Corps that I'm, I maybe as a reader, I maybe I'm having a hard time with is that there's no focal point of a bad guy. They're zombies, so they're just these onrushing hordes. And I feel like we're speak every every single issue has its own villain out of the out of the Lantern yeah. Corps, but there yeah. isn't a central figure. Well, that's the Black Hand, or and or yeah, the, or that right, but, or but we don't know. somebody else, or that Guardian, or, yeah. or I, you know, I th- I think the last page of this book sort of sums it up for me. Where Sinestro's Aben, Aaron, and then Lantern's like Aaron. Who the hell is Aaron? I've been kind of like doing that. Who the hell is that? For like a year now, like I it, just—it is very much dependent on having read Green Lantern this whole time. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I mean, and I am reading it. Well, when they <laughs> said, but when they said, and when they said who, that told me, well, good, I don't have to know who that is. True, you know. So like, I I knew the Abin Sir, okay, I got that, and then yeah. I remembered as I that Amon Sir was part of he was Abin Sir's son, and he was part of the Sinestro Corps, and he was pissed off. So that no, Aaron is Abin's sister, who Sinestro had a secret affair with, which was revealed. Recently, it was not a historical concept, ah. and it, and it's not the the those were not the the other couple that also came back from the dead that was in the <laughs> lantern. I mean, you know, there's just a lot of love in this book, and I'm just trying to keep it. Kufu, right? Gold Kufu. Um, <laughs> it's tough. To call it. They need they need like a little cast of characters website. Cards. Yeah, you really do. But uh, it, it, I guess the story is still going. I mean. I don't know. There's there's a lot going on you know, here. I, I'm going to get the hate mail for 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 your agreeing with me, Mike. You have the tattoo. You can just show them the tattoo. I don't have anything to to back me up on. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. It just it's just it's for me for me it's still very early on. And it's still very it's still very similar to all the other ones that have come so far. So yeah, it's going to take a new kind of story dynamic to really wow me with the Black Lantern issue. Just because I'm we're, I'm really enjoying the Indigo. Uh, <laughs> Indigo Girls, wow. Indigo Core, the compassion idea that compassion's hard to find. I think that's really lovely, and then I would love to see more of them because they look like they're badass. I like how Mike can say things like that's really lovely. <laughs> I say <laughs> things like that. I'm sensitive in the morning. No, then that's very nice because these two, these other two guys I work with, you're not going to hear that coming out of them. It's so lovely. Lovely. You know what is lovely is in stock trades because <laughs> they've got 37% off their books with free shipping of orders over $50. And they have over 5,400 trade paperbacks in stock and available for order right now with new releases listed every Wednesday. Actually, this was a big trade week. Trade week, actually, not so much an issue week. I had a lot of exciting trades that showed up. Astonishing. Your orders ship within 48 hours, and you can get that all in stocktrades.com. The Astonishing X-Men Omnibus, the next uh, Umbrella Academy Dallas book, a bunch of Ooh, stuff. That's a big just- week right there. I just picked up the polyp one, Mysterio's polyp. <laughs> I picked up a case of the polyp. I got a, I have a polyp in my throat. I was like, it, it started getting larger every page I turned the, the book. But it's uh, another show. Um, yes, good place to go. Get Justice Society of America 31, and <laughs> this is the third issue with Bill Willingham, Matt Sturgis writing. I haven't really, I didn't really like the last two, but I actually really liked this one. Tell me how this book is going, guys. I've bought, I've sort of dropped 
all of the Justice books for a while. So let me know. I, I, feel, I feel like they didn't really have a handle on the tone of the characters in the first couple. I think they're starting to find their feet now with this one. Mm-hmm. Josh, did you, you drop off this one or is it just me? Um, I'm not feeling it mm-hmm. uh, so much. I, I want to. It's not that it's bad. It's just this is a shitload of characters. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I don't really like that usually. I tend to like that when, when – I, I like it when Jeff Johns does it. But that's like an exception. And in right. this, I felt like there's a ton – I don't know. I'm not. I'm not loving it. I don't like the. I really don't like uh, Magog. Right. Oh God, yeah, he's like, in it. It's, it's really forcing him on me, and I kind of think that it will be interesting to go back to not having any of those all characters here. Like, well, when they, I, I when they split, see... you can avoid the book that Magog's in. I know, but it's by Sturgis, and I like Sturgis's stuff, but I don't like those characters. Yeah, I don't like Magog either. I really, like, Magog... I really don't. I, the the other thing is, like, I feel like. He became like in the beginning. He was the soldier guy who had the halo sword, right? And I don't understand why he's changed so much. You mean personality-wise? Yeah, because in the begin, like in the beginning, he was very, you know, respectful of the older guys, and now he's just like, "You guys are stupid." Yeah, which doesn't seem. It seems to sort of come from out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, why are they trying to talk him up so much? Is it like the century for I, DC? I they're I trying to make this new. A, I think there's a thing coming up. He's got a book coming up. He's got a book coming he up. Does, but who cares? But I think there's going to be a bigger. I think there's going to be a bigger event that has something to do with him. Like he's going to, it's going to be a big deal that he's around because if you remember, he was the bringer. Of, you know, he's the re- Magog is the reason that Kingdom Come happened. So you're going to bring him back and not do something with that. Like he, you know, he's the forebearer of something really horrible that's going to happen. I think. Ugh. But it's a ways away. Mm. Mr. Ter- Mr. Terrific died. Maybe that. No, that was the other thing I didn't like. I, I love him. He's one of my favorite. Characters. They killed Mr. Terrific. Apparently. Maybe. It's the last page. He's dead. Yeah, oh, so, well. Dun, dun, dun. That's not terrific at all. <laughs> Close up on the face. No, he's my favorite character on that team, so I don't, I don't, I don't want him dead either. I like, Mr. I like Dr. Fade in this. Yeah. I like Dr. Midnight in this. Yeah. Uh, if so you're those, a doctor, you're good. You're good. Yeah. They should have like a, like a, a Dr. Sh- like comic. The two docs. Dr. Like, a, like an ER Dr. kind Dr. of show. It's like an with, ER, yeah. yeah. But like, a, like an offbeat comedy. Yeah. Oh, the helmet of Naboo. Stop turning the lights <laughs> off. I know you're blind, but I'm not. I was on the verge of dropping it with the last issue, but this one I actually didn't hate, so that was a good sign. Mm-hmm. How long is uh, this creative team doing that book? Well, it's splitting into two series very soon. And so is it like just as so, and then the other was Society of America? Yes. Yeah. Well, the, the, the older members, the, young, the, 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 the conflict is that the younger members are getting fed up with the older ones, so they're going to split into an older So Willingham is going to do the older people, the, the red state members, and then the blue state members will be in the Justice League All-Stars, which is the younger book written by Matt Sturgis. That political thing was a joke and is not real. <laughs> Justice League of America, 80-page giant, I picked up because, as I told my comic book guy, I'm just hungry for Justice League. And it's been so long, so I wanted to give this a shot. This was the issue written by a bunch of TV writers, which Josh will love. Please, please tell me it was good. It was fun. It was, it was a throwback issue in that I remember as a kid reading a lot of the stories where you'd have that huge Justice League satellite team where there was like 48 members on it. And so you'd never have a story with all of them together, and you'd always end up, they'd always end up going on an adventure and pairing off. And that's what happened here was they're fighting this sort of time lord. and they Doctor Who? Doctor Who. And he sends them all. They fight him, you know, as with Time Lords. He sends them all off into different time periods, two in pairs. So 
like Green Lantern and Red Arrow end up in the Western in, in a Western setting, and and uh, Wonder Woman and Steel end up with pirates, and, and it's just sort of like it's, it was a very much a throwback to that sort of out of continuity one shot adventure where you don't worry about anything but what's happening on the page, and they, everybody has to deal with it. You know, John Stewart goes back to the King Arthur times. And he's all excited because he's a war history buff, so he's he makes himself into a green you know knight, and it's just it was it was a fun. Like a lot of snappy dialogue, different artists in every um, story, different writer in every story too, and the framing device was drawn by the guy who draws Diamond da, Dynamo Five. Nice. Oh, Mahmoud Asrar. Yep. He's good. Yeah, he is good. He is good. Who are the TV writers? Uh, there's not like a title page that everybody listed, but it's it's. I, I saw this listation. It's a bunch of like fringe and hero people, I think. Oh, okay. Huh. So it's not like a bunch of guys from The Wire. No, it's a bunch of like genre. This is a Dennis Lehane written Green Green Arrow story. Excellent. Uh, if that had happened, I would have told you. Okay, good stuff. Um, uh, now, Connor, you listed the the cover of Astro City Astra Special mm-hmm. number one as one of your favorite of the week, and I, I would have probably said the opposite. Me too. I didn't even know it was a comic book. I I didn't pick it up because I didn't see the actual Astro City title. I, I had no idea what this was. Yeah, I like I had a hard like I passed over it. I was looking for it, and I was like, I, "What's this? Get this magazine out of my way!" Exactly. It, I mean, good trick. It was nicely done, I suppose. It looked. Yeah, like yeah, her. yeah. That was good. Um, I Too think effective. the thing about this that we all learned is that Brent Anderson has no idea what young people look. Oh like, my god! Like or act like. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. I'm like, these people look like they're in their forties. I was like, so they're graduating college, but she's dating this young Jewish lawyer. Yeah, yeah, it was it was very bizarre. It, Astra is the character we've been following for the last um, the last mini or the last couple of well, Astra specials. Was, she's the kid in the the first family, which is like the Fantastic Four of Astra City. And if you remember way back to the first series, she had an issue where she was a kid and she was she ran away to meet some other normal kids. And so it's it was for one hand really really neat to see they like decided to grow the character up and, and have her you know you know age. And so that was really fun, but. Um, you know, I like the character, and I, and I think um, having re- reread all those books for the show, the video show we did recently, mm-hmm. or recently-ish, helped because it had been a while, and I probably wouldn't have had the same impact not yes. having read those. But I like her a lot. It was nice to see she got to have a normal-ish life and graduate college, and and it's just that the and I, I like Brent Anderson. It's he just is. that it was funny. The art was, you know, there's some guys that we make fun of because obviously they haven't been around anyone younger than their old age, their own age in a long time, but right. Like this was really glaringly apparent in this issue. It was yeah, just this like 1978. The her, her, her style. Her she was she looked she looked relatively young. She mm-hmm. looked like age appropriate, but her boyfriend, her college boyfriend, looked like he was in his 40s, and it was just bizarre. And he wore like a like a like a leather bomber jacket. Yeah, and like yeah. He, and like it was the night they went to their graduation party, and he's got like a tie on. Like he just looks like Ben Urich. Yeah, exactly. It was, that is exactly it. I was like, "This is this is so wrong." And not even cool. Alex Malieve Ben Yurik. Like, no, no, no. no. Like, no, Nebuchadnezzar no. other Ben Yurik. It was, yeah. it was, it was, it was funny. Like, it, it, it added a whole that, layer of enjoyment that wasn't intended. For it was me. a yeah. good issue. Like, it was yeah, a well-written no, issue, uh, and the art was even good, except for that. Yeah, yeah. I just could, like it was so hard to be like, like <laughs> I can't believe she's with me. Neither can we. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Join the club, pal. There's also, also a weird panel where where he was holding his hand up and it was all out of proportion. Uh-huh. You, you know that one? It was when they met. Oh, let's see. It was when they met. The oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At, uh, in the 
in the um, it's like a zombie hand that's dying in the background in the foreground. And they shake awkwardly, which it was just yeah, a weird. My favorite scene. is the the group yeah. dance at the on the second page. Oh yeah, yeah. Because because kids dance like that. Oh no. Yeah, what were they doing? Like, they're all about to kiss. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then they they no, they're not wearing shoes. Oh, it's like they, a modern dance concert. It's it's like the anteater dance from Can't Buy Me Love. <laughs> <laughs> so is this this is the uh, and the near future? Like I don't understand. This is now, I assume. I don't. Yeah. I, okay, and then she just has that device. I like the dynamic a lot. I thought the dialogue was really fun. I liked, thought the characterizations. I don't really have a background with these characters at all. You don't have to. That's the great part about it. Yeah, it's it, this is really really nice. Um, I think when he's – I haven't loved the Dark Ages one that no. he's been doing. But when he's not doing the Dark Ages, I think this, they've been as strong as they've ever been, the Astro City books. So the specials we've seen are the one-shots. And this one is one of the better ones I've read in a while. Yeah. Is it always this artist? Yes. Yeah, Brent Anderson's been the artist on it all along. You'll see a very big difference between the early issues and this. Um, some of that has to do with the fact that it's been 15, 20 years since then. So maybe he's – I don't want to say lost a step, but uh, he's also inking himself now. Uh, Interesting. It wasn't at one point. Earlier on, somebody else was inking him, uh, and it really made it nice and clean. So that may just be a style thing. Like when Derek Robertson inks himself, himself, he looks very different than like it did in, say, Transmetropolitan. It's trippy. It's got almost like this very pencil-y feeling to it, especially in the beginning, like the backgrounds and stuff. A lot of graphite. Well, I had thought that he was doing that in the Dark Ages for a reason. Mm. It does not Maybe that's, just, that's not. That's just a style. I think after this show's over, we should do the dance. I am yeah. doing it now. It was nice. They like, like crouched over, hands behind them, faces together, and then they, they, then they pop up with their arms out. It's very, oh yeah, very they're, bizarre. They're like a team. And, and I don't know why they don't know that that guy's a narc. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dudes, what is going on? I thought we could go to the Rick Springfield show later. What? Do, ha- do I mean, you have any slips? <laughs> I, I mean, uh, a rapper. Oh, that like was Rick. Maybe she, I thought she was dating a professor at first. Yeah, yeah. very strange. Um, <laughs> so those those are the books. It was a, it was a it was a very light week for books, and those are the ones we we wanted to talk about. But there's other books to talk about, and other people to talk about them. So if you go to fanboy.com, you can make your pull list. You can rate and review books. You can also write user reviews, and we like to highlight some of those user reviews here on the show. And our first one is from Jim Billy Four, who reviewed Bad Dog number three and gave a story of four out of five in the yard, a five out of five. And at the time of recording, 1.1% of the iFan base made it their pick of the week. And Jim Billy Four says, This book is just a boatload of fun. Kelly does a fantastic job of making these ridiculous characters, a werewolf with a drinking problem, and a filth-spewing dwarf really come to life. In the middle of action and horror-inspired storylines, with people being literally torn asunder, the main duo come across as both charming and warm with a deep affection for each other. That is an impressive balancing act that probably could not have been pulled off without the art from Greco, who does quite an admirable job of putting an entire complex range of emotions in the face of a dog luckily dogs have eyebrows to work with uh i was really surprised by this book have you been reading it all no not at all i thought and in fact i thought this could have been an issue number one like it really yeah it set it up really nicely well, i have uh, been a long time since, since the last one came out hasn't this, it? oh really this is the downfall of this series is that it's taking greco an enormously long time to draw the issues um, it's gorgeous between them uh, and draw color you know he does it all um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've liked this all along, and this was maybe the strongest of the issues so far. Um, he said, you know, Kelly has said that this is his ode to Preacher-style Garth Ennis work, and it's obvious there. In fact, I'd say it's doing a better job of that than, say, a book like The Boys is. 
um, because it is, you know, trashy and, and there's swearing and gross stuff and everything, but there is a heart there yeah. um, through the whole thing. And like, I, I really love uh, the main character. I really was – I didn't know anything about the zombies stuff. So I thought they were actually going to get like illegals crossing the border. I'm like, what kind of book is this? Yeah. But then when it opened up on the zombies, I'm like, this book is awesome. They totally had me fooled. Basically was- what it is is the the wolf – I can't. Well, I don't know why I can't remember his name right now. Um, him, Jim? He goes to meet his friend and they, they look like they're going to be Minutemen, like they're going to stop yeah. illegals from crossing the border. And you're like, this is weird. And then they, yeah. it turns out that what it is is they're smuggling vampires across the border. So they kill all the vampires. And then something happens at the end that I didn't understand, which is why this didn't end up being a POW contender, because I got, got lost at the end. He got in an argument and then drank too much? He got in an argument, but I don't know why, because I don't yeah. know what happened. Um, yeah, I don't either. That, yeah, exactly. And there, and there was the problem with it. I think that I, – you know, if this sounds at all good to you, you may, you'll probably want to wait. I think, Connor, you'll read it when it comes out in trades someday. Definitely. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I mean, I, 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 note, I noted that on the website. People asked why. It's because – you know, these, this book, Four Eyes, it, it doesn't – I don't enjoy it when I, when an issue comes out every six months. Oh, sure. But it, it still should be said that the, it's great. Like it's, Yeah, it's no, I, I have no doubt about it. I just rather read it all at once and I have to wait between chapters. Mike, you want to uh, take the next one? Sure. Uh, Jess Tur, that's a capital T, uh, he read Thor number 603. Wow, he loved this book. Story five out of five and art a five out of five. And as of the this recording, 2.8% of you – uh, chose that he's a pick of the week. He writes, I'm really going to miss J. Michael Straczynski on this comic very much. Boy, I've, I've actually never heard that. Each issue has been great, and this one is no exception. Um, I like how JMS uses Bill to portray the human perspective in the world of Asgard. The reader gets to see Asgard society through Bill's eyes. Also in this issue, Thor and Sif begin to adapt to life outside of Asgard as Sif adopts a dual identity to fit into the mortal realm. To bring the comic relief, we have Volstag, Hogan, and Fandral, or Fandral, who chose to stay in Oklahoma and interact with the townsfolk. I gotta say, this is probably one of my favorite issues of the book uh, so far. I, I thought the dialogue was great. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought the art was really terrific. What did you guys think of this? Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Stunned silence. No, I Well, I liked it just stir. Um, uh, this is, his last issue is the next one, right? Yeah, there's like a giant size one like they did with Bill Ben Logan, I think, from what well, I understand. Who's been reading this book? Because I've been liking the Bill Little Everybody Romance. but me and Connor. I've read two of the of – the, what issue number? The 603 issues? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that how many we've done? <laughs> um, however many issues there have been, I've read two of them. Well, I'm, I, the thing is, I, I haven't been really liking this. I've actually liked every story except for the Thor story. I like the trio of the warriors. I like the dialogue. Um, can you guys let me remember, make me remember when Loki became a guy again? When did that know. happen? I, I thought he was a girl. And I, that, okay, thank you. Gosh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. He's a guy now. I think Connor. I know that you didn't want to read this because you were you were protesting the abolishment of Thor speak. Correct. I think no, it's in actually, there. I think that you'd really like this. I didn't like either one of the issues I read. I know, but like I, you read that weird one that was fucking around with Captain America, so I could see why. But yeah. I'm gonna give you because somebody gave me the the first volume. Six six guns sent you that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'll give you that, and I want okay. you to read that, and 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 I'm curious what you think because I think that you'll like it. 
Maybe I'll do my posting on my fanboy Thor a second look. Yeah. Hey, try it. Do that. And then they'll make then you I'll, angry. Then I'll have something to link to when people complain. <laughs> Where Thor goes in and, and complains about how they can't fix the flooding in Katrina. Because that's how long ago it started. Wow, that's when you got married. <laughs> exactly. Well, now th- you're getting divorced. You're not. This is... This is not a uh, good I? book, a good time to jump into the story, just so no, anybody who's curious. This issue, that was the second to last issue? Gee, thanks, Connor. What? No, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just stating, saying. That's it, a fact. I'm stating the facts. The second to last issue. Next issue is the last one. And then, who's who's going to be Kieran, the new Then Kieran Gillen jumps on. Oh, okay. Oh, really? With art from Billy Tan. Let me, let me ask oh. you this, Mike. Do you think uh, this is one? Do you think that the Straczynski run as a whole has been one of the better Marvel stories? Garbage. Uh, garbage. Really? I, honestly, I really. Have I not did liked not it at all. say that or make a sound. Sorry, I, I don't. I don't like GMS, and I, I, I've, I've read everything that I had, you know, recently within the past eight years, and I, I, I don't want to get all controversial, but like I just read Thor because I thought that's what we were supposed to be doing is read Thor, and um, I really haven't liked it until this issue, really, okay. and it's because he's not. It's not Thor that he's talking about. It's really – it's everybody else. It's Doctor Doom and Loki. It's the three warriors and this guy Bill. And those stories have been kind of good, especially the Bill story. But um, I found it really dis- disjointed um, and I've not cared about it at all. But I just thought I was going to read it just because everybody else was reading it. I'm quaking in fear right now. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, guys. Well, it, you know, people should tell me why they like them because – Every time I read them, I'm like, this. I don't like it. I just don't even know what he's trying to do with the is stories. It, is it preachy? That's why I don't it's like just, it. It's just boring. That too. <laughs> and they're gonna and they're gonna it, roast me. It doesn't right? come out. Oh yeah, you're in trouble. I still. I, I mean, I we get like. like I'm ducking, dude. Yeah. I read you can't the twelve, see it, but I'm under the desk. I read that other stuff too. I'm not like just spouting with number six hundred three. I read all the other crap too, and mm-hmm. you know, I say crap informedly. Okay, well there you so, go. I don't mean it. I'm sure he's very nice. I used to chat with him on CompuServe about the real Ghostbusters, and I'm not lying about that. <laughs> I'm going to read Rising Stars again sometime. And I think, uh, Rising okay, Stars was good. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. It was good. But I read the 12 thing, and then I got, I got bored of that. No, and, you, and you read some of it. You're right. <laughs> it turns out that was not Straczynski, by the way. Really? Who did, who, that's the reason it's, it's not going on. It's because Weston had another project that he had to do that he'd started before, and then – but I, but I feel bad, I, you know, just to close it out, I thought the art was really good. I actually really like this issue. Um, I agree with the ratings. Um, it'll, be, it'll be very interesting to see where they go with it. Um, I've never been a classic Thor fan, so mm-hmm. um, I don't know what to judge this with. That's all I'll just say. If you like it or not, that's all that really if you matters. Like- Right. Well, I take no joy. In what, a, what a wonderful time to segue into asking our viewers <laughs> to help what we fanboy. Uh, those of you who haven't turned it off in disgust because we don't like your favorite writer, uh, there's things that you can do to help out iFanboy if you still desire to do that, and you're a wonderful person if so because you understand that people can have different opinions, and that's okay. Uh, easiest thing you can do is when you go to iFanboy, there are banners on the site. Click on them. Uh, uh, patronize those businesses who, who, are doing, who are doing business with us, and that would help us out a lot. Um, if you go to iFanboy.com slash Amazon, you can get through and you can buy anything you want at Amazon.com, and then we we get credit for sending you there so that's a really effortless thing that you that doesn't cost you anything that you can do uh so anytime you want to go to amazon go through uh, ifanboy.com slash amazon and that would be very helpful of course the other things that you can do is you can buy t-shirts from us we sell t-shirts people you can get the um power and responsibility spider-man t-shirt and no, the <laughs> oh jesus oh guys i don't know what, what? i don't know what came <laughs> <over>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Ron is going to – we're fired. Oh, Ron's okay. going to come back, and he's going to fire us. And the Herm T-shirt, which has something to do with, I believe, Charlton characters. Yes. yes. Uh, the yes. pre-order for that ends in October. Uh, we got some, some orders rolling in, and we're going to order a very small amount of Herm shirts again so that they'll be available for you. Uh, both of them are $15, and there is only a limited amount of them. You can help us by wearing, by buying, and by promoting that T-shirt. Uh, I, see, I love seeing pictures of those shirts on the web. Like People will use them in their, their profile pictures and things like yep. that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also become an iFanboy member. You've probably heard about this before. If you really like the show and you want to support what we do, there's an easy way to do it. You can become an iFanboy member. Go to iFanboy.com slash store and sign up. You can do $4 a month or just $42 a year. That's the cost of one bad comic book a month, which I'm sure you all buy multiples of. And if you do that, you'll get an uh, iFanboy prize pack, which has some buttons and some stickers. And uh, it's a sticker. And a, a random comic book. We're going to give you a comic book. It could be anything. And it, like that's really the fun part. What comic am I getting? Somebody oh, just got a Batman and Robin sent out to them. Nice. Really? Yeah. Look at oh. that. Or you could, you could, if you want to be a Gold Circle member, I just named it that, that's wow. $10 a month or $100 a year, and that's going to get you the iFanboy prize pack uh, that we just described, or an iFanboy member t-shirt, which is the uh, black t-shirt that says iFanboy member on it. Um, and, and then all, all members, all of you, are eligible for the iFanboy giveaway. And the percentage is pretty good at this point. Yeah. No, the giveaways have also been pretty damn good. Oh, there's more. It's not like... Yeah, there's more coming. We're going to tell you about those later. Uh, the other thing that you will get if you remember is our undying affection and appreciation. We cannot do this without you. Literally, you people are supporting iFanboy right now and making it possible. And thank you so much for that because this means the world to us. And I know that we, we figured that if you're doing it, it means a lot to you. So thank you very, very much uh, for all the members and anybody who's thinking about doing it. I like to call them the champagne room level members. Nice. There's yeah. no sex in the anyway emails. <laughs> our first our first emails from Q who says, I had noticed that after looking at the interior art in Batman and Robin number four, the enthusiasm I had for the series dissipated. I find that this is primarily due to the hard hardwired high standard bias of which Batman rendition I find is the greatest, e.g. Frank Quietly style or Kelly Jones. Do any of you fellows have a character who resonates with you with the right artist? If you if so, which character and what artist drawing it? Ooh, 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 I got one. Okay. Uh, Alex Maleev and Daredevil. Mm. You don't think that they're I well that's no, I'm, not, dis- I'm not disagreeing. I'm pondering. No, also, hmm, pondering. I well, cause it's hard to discount Michael Lark's Daredevil. Well, that's the thing. I was about to say or Michael Lark because I'm sort of wishy-washy <laughs> that way. But uh, okay, well, well you go. Well, then, I, th- I think the, I think the the, the front, Alex Maleev leading into Michael Lark. Yeah, I, I find anyone else. Not doing Daredevil in that gritty style difficult. Like when I saw the preview art for Andy Diggle stuff, it was kind of like, all right, I'm not interested. That was just for the list, though. Right, I know. But even even the even the other the, his regular series artist, um, I the think, standard I think Chris high. Somni should be the Daredevil artist. You're gonna keep pushing Chris, Chris Somni and on the world, and the world is just not gonna. He did the, he did the he did that little uh, the tarantula story, I think, and it was fantastic. It was a really good sort of transition and that kind of thing, but also like a new look. No, he's great. It's just that he's, you know. I hear you. you. Know who else? Who else? Um, I love John Romita Jr. on Thor. Hmm. That's where I started really reading a lot of Thor, and I think that it's like a neat style to do all that big. He, he, does, he does Marvel stuff great, and yeah. that huge Kirby Asgard background and the silly Asgardian outfits. Um, he's great at those, and I, I love it. I would actually say Frank Quietly's doing Damien. Yeah, nice. good one. Like he's such a he's he's so specifically specifically a child and and a lot of artists have trouble with that so, 
everyone else seems to have just draws him a little man. So that's I say when anyone anyone else draws Damien, it's difficult. Except for the guy who did the um, is it the Blackest Night Batman mini? Mm-hmm. One of those mini. One of those he showed up at where he's been okay. But other than that, he just looks weird. Um, I actually re- like a couple came to mind is um, Jay Lee doing the Inhumans. Every time anybody else does the Inhumans, it doesn't look right. good. And like it was just perfect when Jay Lee did it. Um, and then Jim Chung doing any Avengers stuff. Mm-hmm. Nice. Jim Chung can do Avengers every time. Is I'll wait. I'll wait six months an issue. I'll be fine with that. I, I think that obviously, this is sort of easy one, but Tim Sale and Superman, they, they he always seems to have a, a sense of humor and a, a certain take he, on... He has no sense of humor. He does. No, <laughs> Superman, not Tim But you know what I mean. <laughs> no, but I mean, Tim Sale, he's got a certain take on Superman, which is sort of timeless, and I think that it sort of resonates there. Yeah, I'll give you that. So there's there's many answers. There's people. Nice, there's nice many work, people. Uh, M- Mudasir. I'm not pronouncing that correctly. It says Watchmen is one of my favorite comics of all time and is considered one of the influential comic books of all time. Yet I've yet I've yet to see its influence in any other book storytelling wise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get through this. <laughs> the non-panel grid was integral to the Watchmen experience and is the and is an economical and simple way to tell any type of story in the medium. That's wrong. It allows the creators to convey a vast amount of information without increasing the page count. The reason Moore was able to tell such a large story in such a small space was because of this as well. Yet the only other book I've read which uses this technique is Fell, and that never comes out. What other books are there that actually use it? Do you know the reason why it caught on? Probably should be didn't cut, catch on. Yeah, it did okay. not. It, I, I think that you are mistaken, Mudasir, uh, in, in a couple of ways. A, there's a lot more than the nine-panel grid that has made Watchmen influential, and it's everywhere. It's, it's every comic you're reading at this very moment. Every single one. Every the role of the media, the take on heroes, the realistic aspects of in a, in all of yeah. yeah. Uh As far as the nine-panel grid, you know, it was a tool. And it's a tool that Dave Gibbons chose to use for the most part in, in The Watchmen to control the pace mm. of that story and to control the feeling. And we were talking about earlier, we were talking with Fuso and Kujia Joe Cobra, is that it's a subdued feeling. I find that the nine-panel grid, for the most part, in modern comics has that it controls things it keeps them slightly subdued and it, i think it's used very well as a tool in that way uh and when you see it pop up what it usually does is it slows things down and it lets you put a microscope on the action and the things that are happening but to do it at, in every page is is quite a feat you would, it, it would be 22 pages in a like in a five minute time span mm-hmm. if you did that right i mean the, if the more panels per page the closer we're examining time and if you it's uh if I I would not read camp comics if they were online panel grids. No, would, you wouldn't want to. I there would think. be no reason to do that. Now the but. other side is I don't want to read all comics that are the widescreen. You know, th- yeah. three horizontal panels. Of it's explosions. a tool. And the point uh, is, like you do saying. you do the style that's appropriate for the story. Exactly. And it's, sometimes it's a widescreen style. Sometimes it's nine panel style. Sometimes it's it's a mix. It's it's the the, the influence of Watchmen is not the aesthetic influence it's the storytelling influence which is not about the panels it's about how the story was told and, and there, you know, there are techniques that gibbons use that i'm sure that you, you know, that are being used by being stolen and not in a bad way by artists all over the place but their job is to make it make you not know that they're doing it but the nice thing about the question is that we do get to ex- sort of talk about the use of time in comics and how art reflects time passing but you know the nine panel grid is just that's what they use for that story and, and it made sense it was the 80s and it was just kind of like it just worked in that it that gives frame. it that, that quiet feel yeah. through the whole thing that thoughtful 
like we're going through the motions of everything. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not appropriate for everything now. But mm. I definitely notice it when I see it. Like when you see, like a Kirkman did a thing where he did all 16 panel grids for a whole issue in Invincible. You know, oh. and it had, that had a different kind of feeling to it. So it's there. It's definitely yeah. out there. Thank you, Mutasir and Q, for your emails. If you want to send yeah. us an email, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. You okay there? Come. Yes, I, that's me, and I got, I'm good. <laughs> <clears throat> I should have used that mute button because apparently when you use the mute button, <laughs> it's funny every, it's every always... time. <laughs> voicemail time. Let's hit the voicemail. Hey, this is Jeff from Texas. Um, I'm a big Luke Cage fan, and uh, I, was, I, was, I was really excited whenever – Brian Michael Bendis brought him into Alias, which is one of the reasons I started picking up the book, and then he came in the new Avengers, and, and now he's a, he's a really big character in Marvel. Is, is there a character that, that you guys are a fan of, each one of y'all, that, that you think has a really cool backstory or really cool powers, or you just always been a fan of them for some reason, but nobody's really used them in, in a big, big way yet? And if so, uh, who is it, and, and who would you like to see what writer would you like to see take a crack at him? And, and sort of, and I know Luke Cage isn't really the best example because Bendis always loves Luke Cage and you don't know who these creators love and who they don't, but just, yeah. Who would you like to see take a crack at your favorite underused character? I've been thinking about this and I actually came up with an answer over the course of doing the show. Uh, one of them that first came up was Red Arrow, who okay. is really interesting to me because he was Ollie's son for a while until he was sort of displaced by Ollie's son. Right, uh, his real son. Yeah, Connor Hawk. And I, I just think, wouldn't it be cool to see like a like a, another road trip book if somebody went in? Why am I giving this away? Uh, of of like Nightwing and Red Arrow after yes, all this stuff, like that would be a great book. And I want to know the difference between Red Arrow and Nightwing because they can be written similarly. Um, they're both sort of like hip young guys who can do it all and ride motorcycles and stuff like that. And the ladies love them. The ladies do love them. But um, that's one. Another one I really love is uh, Patriot from Young Avengers. Mm-hmm. I think that that character is a well of, of possibilities and fascinating things because he's he's got all these opposing uh, uh, influences, I suppose. Um, right. I really <laughs> thought you were going to say – I thought you were going to say thumbs. He's got all these opposing thumbs. <laughs> on the one, like on the one he hand, he lifts things and he's, he's obviously he's called patriot. He's obviously very patriotic, but he's patriotic towards a com- country that has historically not done the best for him, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and for black people. And then his, you know, you know, his grandfather specifically. And I love those those things that are at the odds. And you know, but he's built on a Captain America type of story, and he's really interesting in much the same way that Bucky is interesting, but totally different. Um, so those are a couple. Those are good ones. Those are good ones. I'm gonna they're go not, right. not a ton of them because usually, you know, they get characters are mined at some point. Yeah, and I tend to follow writers, and the writers are the guys who do that. So it's always like, well, I like what they did with, you know. But those are good answers. So if you want to call us and ask us a question like that, you can call us at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. Keep it short and sweet. Tell us what your name is and where you're from. That would be helpful. Mm. P- peripherally comics theme questions. Yeah. That's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Here's a tip. <laughs> we got giveaways, right? A couple of announcements. The first announcement about the upcoming giveaways is October is giveaway month at iFanboy, and we'll be having three big giveaways in the last three weeks of the month. You can go head over to iFanboy.com, and you can see these giveaways. There's a post about them right at the top. It's a red post. It shows you what we're giving away what and what show and when. So if you want to be win any of these prizes, you have to become an iFanboy member, and you have to do it by the Thursday before the show. So if you can go there and see... What we're giving away is some big stuff, some DVDs, some trade paperbacks, a bunch, a bunch of old, old, old comics. So go check it out at ifanboy.com. 
The other announcement is our special edition podcast for Superman Batman Public Enemies. The newest animated film is out. It's out behind this show, so you can check it out on the feed behind this one on iTunes or other whatever aggregator you're using, or you can go to ifanboy.com and you can directly download it there or, or stream it any, any way you want. But it's there, and it's below this show, so check it out. The latest special edition podcast. Awesome. What do you guys? What do you guys think? Can you give me a one word? You'll have to listen to the up. show, Mike. You'll have to listen to the show, Mike. Go to iFanboy.com and stream it lot on the Flash Player. Just, I don't know why you think you're special. Just yeah. a little preview, just a nugget. All right. It was uh, animated. It was. <laughs> it featured voices you're familiar with. Check out iFanboy.com for the iFanboy Pick of the Week review that I wrote, and nice. more in-depth comic book discussion every single day with stuff from 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 writers like Mike. Yes, he's a very enthusiastic writer, and I love how your personality comes across in your words. It's one of my, my favorite thank you, things. Josh. You're very welcome. Thank you. Uh, also, you know, there's lots of other writers there, and check out the stuff. It comes out every weekday. There's there's great stuff, and it's so good. It, like, it impresses me every time. So get there. Go to ifanboy.com/about to see who we are and how you can connect with us on the web. All everyone who works on ifanboy has got a bunch of stuff in there, uh, and and the video show that we do, we've been we've been putting up uh, reruns. Reprints. I think that's a really good idea, actually. I I saw the one with. Uh, Ron and his eye makeup, and I'm like, oh, I remember that show. Yeah, exactly. You know, nice. you know, we've been doing a lot of shows. There's no reason that, you know, they can show reruns in the summer on other shows. But we are working on coming back. I've definitely got ideas already. I've been preparing. I don't want to, but there it is. Uh, <laughs> so that's going to be happening sometime soon. We're finally going to do the Naked Show. Finally. Tune it right now. <laughs> if you, as I said before, you can email us at contact at fanboy.com or leave us a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697 with any questions, comments, concerns, discussion topics, etc. I like concerns. I'm concerned that you guys don't like JMS. What was that wet slap? Nothing. Uh, <laughs> oh, I like the show. Oh, kick it clean. <laughs> oh. Wet slap. We'll never feel clean again. Once again, if you like the show and the kind of things that we talk about, make sure you leave a review at i at iTunes uh, about the show. It's a really good way to uh, to make sure that the show is seen and discovered by more people. Uh, you can leave it for the video show or for the audio show, or better yet, just tell people you know about it. Uh, tell people at your comic book shop. Tell your 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 friends. Anybody you think might enjoy the show. Help us spread the word. It's the best tool that we have. Is you. So that is the whole show. It's full. Did you just call the uh, listeners tools? Is that what you just did? No. They are tools. Yeah. They are not tools. Especially that one guy. You know who you are. <laughs> They're tools to make the show better. That's they right. are tools. They aren't yeah, tools. Yeah, they do make the show better. They do. I, I'd like to clarify that. I, I take no joy in, in, in the Thor discussion. Hey, no. No, seriously. We're just having a discussion. I liked, I liked his brain. Where's the, the mute button? Issue. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let him talk anymore. Stop. <laughs> Why is that funny every time? It's just funny. It's just funny. It just is you funny. Fill in the blank. All right. So, uh, is that it for this week's show? That, that's what it says there. That's the next. Yeah, one. I can do this reading. <laughs> you definitely forget Mike's a professional. <laughs> my name is. <laughs> and I'm my. You did that analog. I'm I Josh. did do that. It's got the. It's my Josh. Funny to us. Uh, yeah, it's only going to be funny to us. In fact, I think <laughs> you know what's good is when you start a sentence in the middle of it and then you just cut. You know it what really pisses me off about Ron? I hate it when he. <laughs> <laughs>